Welcome to the sixth edition of the Exact Target Developer Podcast. I'm Roger Brinkley, and in this podcast, we'll do a feature interview with Joe Book on his marketing insights for developers. But before we get to that, let's turn first to the events section. And in the events, March 5th, Joe Wax will be up at uh, the Portland Community User Group talking about Hub Exchange. On March 13th, I'll be talk- speaking to the uh, Denver Exact Target community about the uh, product roadmaps. On March 19th, Kelly Andrews will be at the Toronto Exact Target community talking about AMP scripts and APIs. And on March 25th, Mar- Kelly Andrews will be holding a session about AMP scripts and APIs with the Indianapolis Developer Meetup. And then also on April 17th, Kelly Andrews will be doing a features uh, session with the Indianapolis Exact Target community on AMP scripts and data extensions. Turning now to our feature interview, and in our feature interview last week, I had an opportunity to speak with Joel Book about some of his marketing insights for developers. So let's go directly into that interview. Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. So a lot of people know you, but uh, maybe some of our audience don't know you. So just give us a a brief history or a brief background of Joel Book. Well, Joel Book is in his 38th year of marketing. I have been very, very lucky in my career, having started in, in direct marketing and then transferred into database marketing. But out of those 38 years, the last 10 have been right here uh, at Exact Target, And it's been an incredible ride. What are some of the trends that you're seeing in, uh, in digital marketing? Well, I think the reason that, that you're seeing so much emphasis and so much more budget going into digital marketing is driven, I think, primarily by, uh, by two, maybe three key factors. The chief factor being today's consumer. I think it's become well documented that today's consumer is not only much more connected, much more empowered, has much more access to content, and all of this has allowed them to become a much savvier buyer and much better armed to do their own research. And along the way, they've also become much less patient with brands that fail to engage them and serve them by delivering content that might be offers, information, customer service communications that are relevant and very timely. So today's consumer is one big driver. I think uh, also closely aligned to that is today's customer really now has become expecting of a seamless experience uh, with brands with whom they do business across online as well as offline channels. And what that really has uh, presented is a big challenge to brands to be literally able to do in near real time sense and respond interaction. And regardless of whether they're interacting with that individual via a call center, through email, on the web, in store, that consumer expects brands to remember who they are and to be able to, I'm going to use the word serve, to be able to serve them in a way that is very personal, very relevant, and very timely. And I think in many respects what we're seeing as a a huge transformation in marketing as we have known it, and the smart brands are spending probably as much, maybe even more time serving than they are selling. But the bottom line suggests that the brands that do that are the ones that are really head and shoulders above those that do not. You talked about the consumer being more educated than he was in the past. Uh, the companies now can be much more educated about the consumer based upon their purchases and, and knowing of the information as well. If they've made that commitment, that's for sure. The smart brands are the ones that don't just talk about being customer-centric. They absolutely live it. 
I think the other thing, too, that I'm seeing is that the really successful brands today are the ones that are very responsible and very respectful, meaning that, let me put it this way, uh, you and I both studied marketing in school, you at Baylor, me at the University of Illinois. I'm guessing that we both are very acquainted with the traditional four Ps of marketing, product, price, placement, promotion. I would suggest that in the era of the individual and with this rapidly escalating emphasis on digital marketing, there's a new group of four Ps uh, with which we need to get familiar, and those are permission, preference, privacy, and personalization. Because in the era of the individual, the smart brands are the ones that don't assume that they have your permission to interact with them. They ask for it. And then they ask how they can best serve you by understanding your preferences. Data, and specifically data privacy, I think is going to continue to become a much, much bigger issue because consumers understand that to the extent that they provide more information to you about them, their household, their business, that's a value exchange. And the value coming back to them has to be that that data that they give you is going to be protected. This is going to be especially important for brands in the financial services, the healthcare community, even online retailing, because unfortunately, we're very familiar now with the penalties that are caused when data is breached. And we see consumers' private information now getting into the wrong hands. So Consumers are going to place their trust and place their business with brands that are very strict about data privacy. But the other issue about, back to the four Ps, is that the smart brands are less concerned about big data. I think we've all read numerous articles about big data. Frankly, I care, as a marketing professional, I care much more about big insight than I do big data. The smart brands are the ones that are becoming very savvy in implicit as well as explicit customer data, browsing history, uh, purchase transaction history, event attendance history, product preferences, obviously geographic location. All of these factors now are coming together to provide really, really rich uh, insight. But the smart brands also, and this is where I think where now we see much more challenge being presented on developers on the IT side of the house, how do we pull all of this data together, especially if we have disparate sources of that information? How do we create this one central view of what we want to know about this individual consumer or business professional so that we can now leverage that? Yeah, we were talking about this the other day on ET Cafe, you know, garbage in, garbage out. It's not just about all the data that you could possibly gather and put together. It's you're, you're talking about a very specific set of data that is really useful for the people. That comes down to the art and science of modern era one-to-one marketing. You already know that I grew up in database marketing, so that has always been a passion of mine, how to help companies acquire, manage, and apply data to communicate more respectfully, more intelligently with the uh, end buyer or, or consumer. Now we're in an era where I think all marketing has become direct marketing, or if you will, digital one-to-one marketing. In, in comparison to when I grew up in the era of direct mail marketing, where we would execute a campaign and maybe within two to three weeks, we would start to get the results back on the effectiveness of that campaign. That happens in two to three minutes now. Speed, 
uh, has become the common denominator for sense and respond marketing today. And that's the era we're in. Back to my earlier point, today's consumer is now becoming much more expecting of that type of near real-time interaction with brands. That's placing an enormous demand on infrastructure, which gets back to IT and developers. And we're in a world now of cloud-based computing. So obviously, all of this is happening in the cloud. But the other major driving factor, back to the earlier point I made about consumers expecting the seamless experience, how do we do this well across multiple channels so that what I know about you in store, I can now leverage to serve you online uh, with your web experience? Or based on what I know about my track record with you, how can I anticipate what your next customer service need might be? And then instead of waiting for you to ask for service, I am proactively reminding you or reaching out to you. This is this interesting dynamic that I see happening right now in that there's this confluence of marketing, sales, and service all coming together. And I talked earlier about the fact that serving has become the new selling. Customer service now, well-executed, well-delivered, is probably a brand's most effective sales tactic. And then when you get into selling, which whether it's happening in-store or whether it's happening online, when you infuse the selling process with data or insight about a consumer and you use that in a way to recommend products or recommend solutions or services that are relevant, or you use tools like guided selling online to make it easier for a buyer to find content or look at several different options in a product as opposed to having to claw his way through all of the content on a brand's website. So being able to really serve the consumer better that way by using technology is really going to be the the key between, I think, separating the contenders from the pretenders. Talk a little bit about the sales and the marketing side. Traditionally, those have been two kind of separate disciplines. Do you see those merging together now much more? What's a trend that you see? And in, in fact, as you talked about service, so I guess we could just say sales, marketing, and service all together. What's the trend that you see going in that direction? I think inevitably what it's going to mean is a redefinition of CRM. You know, I grew up in an era of Salesforce automation or SFA, which then migrated into customer relationship management. But traditionally, up until now, CRM has been primarily an automated way to manage the sales process. We captured information on accounts and contacts, and we used CRM software to manage that information to drive a deal. And that's been okay. Today, however, what we're seeing, and again, this comes back to a savvy buyer, a savvy consumer, or a savvy business buyer, they really now have increased the pressure on brands to be able to serve them in a much better way, help them make an informed buying decision, guide them through the product evaluation process. Consumers today don't want to be dependent on a salesperson selling them. They want to do their own research, and the research today validates that. 85% of us want to do our own product research, research brands, research products that fit our need, determine a short list of vendors or retailers where we can actually buy that, that particular product. 70% of our decision-making process about what brand and what product we're going to buy is made up 
before we even walk in the retail store or before we ever even engage that brand. That's true for B2B and it's true for B2C. So the selling process has changed. And the thing that's changed it has been the web and content. The smart brands are the ones that have created websites that are very content rich. They brought down the gates. They no longer have gated content. They make it available so that if I find my way to somebody's site, if they are at the top of their game, they literally have software uh, such as Exact Target's guided selling technology installed on that site, and they're guiding me through the whole buying process by exposing me to products or solutions that fit my preferences. That's how selling has changed. So we're less dependent on a professional salesperson getting face-to-face with me, and they present, I evaluate, and then come back later. 70% of my research is done. Uh, But that is why the website, in particular, has become even more critical than ever. Uh, Websites today have become mile marker number one on the customer engagement highway. It's where we start. If a brand is doing a good job with SEO, where they have content on their site that's optimized to make it easy for me to find them, I'm coming to that site. Once I hit that site, if they are at the top of their game, they're welcoming me. Maybe they even invite me to register in return for providing that kind of guided access to content and, and if you will, inviting me to go behind the velvet rope. Those are the brands that are really, really putting distance between themselves and their competitors. So that's how the selling process is becoming so much more tightly entwined with the marketing process because on the marketing side, now we have the ability to automate that customer's journey. I talked earlier about sense and respond interaction. If a brand knows that it's me on that website or they remember me when I've come back in, they now know who I am, they know what my interests are, what my preferences are, and now they are guiding me to information that aids my initial uh, purchase decision or exposes me to maybe accessories post-purchase that enhance my whole product usage experience. So regardless of whether I come in via SEO, maybe I've visited a store, I've done some research there, and then I come to the website, maybe I've learned about that brand at an event. Either way, I can have that whole process, that buying process of mine now automated. At this point, based upon your experience, how important are the developers to the digital marketing process? They're vital. And I think the developer of today, much like the marketer of today, is under a lot of pressure. Again, because things are moving so fast in marketing. And back to the earlier comment, we've seen this confluence now of marketing, selling, and servicing. And I think today's developer, the good ones are the ones that understand what's happening. They know the new dynamics of marketing, of selling, and of customer service. They clearly understand that data or customer insight has literally become the new black of smart selling, smart serving. The The pressure I see on developers today is it comes from two directions. How can we develop software applications that enable brands to really be able to engage and serve consumers much more effectively online. I talked a lot about guided selling. In-store, we look at the way in which smart retailers now have their, their salespeople on the floor equipped with iPads that have 
the buyer's profile on them so they can engage them. They can really personalize the whole experience. When we're at an event or even in-store, they make it easy for consumers to scan a QR code that then takes them to a landing page where they may be exposed to uh, a limited-time offer or access user reviews on that particular product. Developers need to understand how consumers are buying today. They need to understand how they're researching online as well as in-store, and they need to understand what appliances are they using to do that, which clearly takes you right into mobile. Mobile has changed everything. It's put so much more horsepower in the hands of the consumer or even the business buyer that developers now need to be able to code for that kind of mobile-enabled experience. So when we talk about mobile first, that is exactly why. That's one audience, uh, developing for the consumer. The other audience that I think represents a lot of pressure for developers uh, is the marketing professional. I grew up in an era where it was good enough to be a really good direct marketing professional or a really good TV or print advertising professional. These days, the marketing pro has to be multi-channel literate. They have to be good at everything. They are the modern-day equivalent of the Swiss Army knife. And what that means for them is that time is not on their side. There's only 24 hours in a day. There are only seven days in a week. But today's marketing professional has to get more done with less time. Translation, they need software that gives them a leg up on the productivity curve. They absolutely need software that enables them to plan, test, execute, manage, and optimize cross-channel campaigns that are data-driven and enabled by business rules that enable them to literally engage in a very personal way with sometimes millions of consumers. That's a huge, huge challenge. The pressure on developers is to develop software that enables that marketing professional to get more done with less time. That's a tall order which is why I see this, this interaction between marketers and developers really, really being so critical today so that the developer needs to understand what today's modern marketing professional is dealing with, and the marketer also needs to understand what has to happen behind the curtain to code this application so that it works the way in which I need to work, which is very intuitively. I need to be able to plan I need to literally take what I'm diagramming on a whiteboard as far as a customer journey, and now I need to automate that. And so when I go to a developer and we collaboratively sit down, how do we make that happen? Because that is really where productivity improvement is coming. So based upon your experience in working with developers, what would you tell developers on how to interact with marketers? And what would you tell marketers on how to interact with developers? Developers, the ones that I think are going to be successful, need to have a passion for serving customers, serving consumers. The best developers I've observed are the ones that are really pretty savvy consumers themselves. And I think that's where we see the good developers putting them, themselves in the shoes of the consumer and asking themselves the question, if I were this particular customer, whether it's B2C or B2B, how would I want to be served? What kind of experience would I want to actually have on the website? What could we do to really enhance that experience and make it easier for that brand or that consumer to do business with that brand? The smart developers are the ones that develop that customer-first mentality 
and they are constantly curious about how this individual, how this consumer is actually using software to really engage with that brand in a much more personal way. And I think from there, then they reverse engineer it. If they have that initial perception, that initial understanding of how a consumer buys and how do they want to access content that helps them make an informed decision, how do they want to transact, and then post-purchase, how do they want to be served? What can we do to make it easier for them to self-serve themselves? What can we do to enable or empower the customer service team to have ready access to information about that consumer uh, and even predict? when that buyer is going to need customer service or predict what kind of needs they might have and then reach out. The developers that, that develop that customer-first mentality and then reverse engineer the software with that kind of service orientation are the ones that I think are head and shoulders above the others that simply wait to receive instructions to code. On the marketer side, the thing that I think marketers, today's marketers really need to, to understand is that their vision is hard to code. What I mean by that is we're talking about campaigns that have multiple dimensions today. They're multi-channel. They're leveraging lots of customer data. They are designed to engage and interact with a consumer uh, or a business buyer in near real time. That's a handful. And so I think empathy for the developer is absolutely critical. The job of a developer today is one that it's a, it's a tall order because with things moving as fast as they are, you know, in journalism, you know, we were taught journalism or news is a 24-7 news cycle. Marketing and selling and customer service have become their, their own 24-7 cycle. It never ends. The store is always open. We can never just lull ourselves into this false sense of believing that campaigns have a beginning and an end. They're ongoing all the time. And so marketers, I think, need to show some empathy for developers, and there needs to be a genuine collaboration around the development of software that enables the marketer to be able to develop campaigns that have all of these different uh, flavors to them and enable them to automate the customer's journey and, and their experience. But that needs to be a collaborative exercise to do that well. I was getting ready to come out here, and I, I needed to get an automobile, and I went to rent the car. The site was down. And so I send a tweet right away, and I don't get a response for another hour or so. That's a type of interaction that you're talking about. It was probably okay that the site was going to be down, but no interaction about how long it was going to be down. And, the, and that, that type of interaction between the two of them, marketing was not served, IT was not served, and they've got to work together in that environment. Well, they clearly do. But look at you as an example. I know you well enough to know you're a patient fellow, but you also know today what's possible that many brands who are listening, you know, using tools like Radiant 6 would be a good example, they're listening for those kinds of tweets or those kinds of communications from consumers, and now they're responding. So literally, that's what smart marketing and smart customer service and smart selling have come to, sense and respond, being able to sense when you have a need, when you have an issue, and then be able to respond appropriately. You've done quite a little bit of work on the enterprise side of the house. What are the expectations of the enterprise uh, when it comes to a development platform form for marketing? Integration, scale, flexibility. Integration because at the enterprise level, marketing professionals need software 
let's say, campaign management or email communications or mobile communications software that integrates with other applications. It might mean integration with their data mart. It could mean integration with their predictive modeling or predictive decisioning technology that is predicting what offer is best served to this consumer at this time. Often it involves integration with their customer service technology. Scale. When you get into enterprise-level deals today, we're dealing not with hundreds of thousands of records. We're dealing with millions. And that means lots of data, lots of insight. Doing really good sense and respond marketing or customer service or selling is relatively easy when we've got a, a fairly small data set, hundreds of thousands of, of customer records. When you get into a brand, let's say the size of The Gap or Best Buy, when you get into very large banking institutions like the Royal Bank of Canada or Bank of America or big online retailers like Zappos, we're dealing with millions and millions and millions of records, lots of data. Being able to do really good, uh, intuitive, sense and respond interaction with consumers and do that at scale is really the key. And you need software that is able to handle massive amounts of data to be able to do that. So we talk about integration, we talk about scale, and then the other part of it is flexibility, and that I mean by that, cross-channel. The direction that we are going, where we're at today, and where we will be well into the future is for software that allows me to be able to listen for your response, back to your example, on social media, be able to respond proactively, possibly through customer service, take you to a website where you're engaging with me there potentially, uh, whether you're transaction on that, transacting with me on that site or whether you're, it's just for information access. Having this kind of cross-channel flexibility is absolutely critical. Again, it's placing a big demand on developers to be able to anticipate your needs and how you want to be served and what channels are going to be at play, what data do I need, what business rules do I need to really govern how I'm going to treat you, how I'm going to engage you, based on whether you're a first-time buyer, whether you're a, a long-time buyer, what your immediacy is as far as information or, or need. So this is where the demands of, of modern era software have, have become so critical. It's high stakes, and the margin for error is razor thin. One of the new things that's come out in the past few years has been the Internet of Things connected devices. How do you see that being integrated into ET uh, in the future? In this Internet of Things where we have all these different connected devices, we need to be able to deliver content to an individual so that whether he or she is viewing that on a desktop or laptop computer or whether it's on a tablet or whether it's on a smartphone, it has to be easy to consume. That's why I say mobile has changed everything. 51% of all emails today are now being opened and read on a mobile device. And when I'm teaching, the thing that I really try to get across to brands is that if your website, if your emails are not optimized for mobile, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Because the latest research says that 67% of consumers, regardless of the brand or the offer, if that email is not optimized for mobile, meaning that it's difficult to read, they'll delete it and they'll move on. Same thing for websites. If they're not optimized to be easily accessed and easily used on a mobile device, people move on. That's why the website, as I said earlier, that has become mile marker number one for customer engagement. 
it's just like our moms taught us. You never get a second chance to make a good first impression. And sadly, when it comes to email, still only 70% of email marketers are optimizing their emails uh, for mobile to be easily read on a smartphone or tablet. Same thing on websites. That's becoming very, very critical. It's something that we spend a lot of time uh, trying to emphasize. So in this Internet of Things or connected devices, that's absolutely the key. And we just need to have that fundamental understanding of how people are really engaging with brands. In the old days, it was pretty easy. It was either through a radio spot, a display ad, a, a TV commercial. Today, it's, it's completely different. We don't have any idea through which portal, if you will, an individual is going to engage our brand. What we do know is that we need to be able to present ourselves, our, our message, our offer, our content in a way that is consistent and compelling across any channel. I guess you could call it the uh, screens of the consumer's life then. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we're, we're a multi-screen uh, consumers, and that's even impacting traditional advertising. You look at how TV advertising and radio advertising and print advertising and display advertising are now being transformed by digital. It's striking. Today, it's not atypical. If you walk into the living room of any U.S. consumer today when they're watching TV during prime time, what do you find on their laps? Invariably, it's going to be a tablet. When they're in a store, invariably, the smart brands now actually have digital signage in front of that merchandise display that invites you to scan a QR code to be able to receive a, a special limited time discount or to opt in to receive email offers in the future or even SMS or text alerts when that merchandise is going to go on special or to opt in to receive locally relevant promotions when you're in the proximity of one of your favorite uh, retailers. So that whole geofencing uh, piece is now really critical as, as well. So location-based targeting of individuals is very, very key. Same thing with radio, same thing with print. A call to action, a direct response call to action is now becoming very, very commonplace in traditional advertising, where years ago, many agencies would have argued that that did nothing but clutter up a great-looking ad or change the context of a great TV commercial. But today it's all about audience. Now, my colleague Jeff Roars has just written a groundbreaking book called Audience, Marketing in the Age of Subscribers, Fans, and Followers. And the central premise of audience is that as a brand, your ability to grow your audience, to control your own destiny, is absolutely critical to competing uh, in the era of the individual. Rather than be being dependent on a radio station, uh, a TV station, a newspaper, a magazine carrying your message, the smart brands are the ones that are growing their own audience. They're building their own proprietary database of buyers, influencers, analysts, and they're communicating with them on a one-to-one -one basis. And they're doing it much, much more cost-effectively than always going out and buying expensive time. Anything else you'd like to add? I think, you know, as we look at going forward, if 2013 was the year of mobile, I will predict that 2014 will be the year of marketing automation. I think that's changing everything. I, and I think what it comes down to is the ability of marketers with the help of developers to now actually have software that enables them to actually map out every point of interaction 
to be able to engage with an individual consumer relevantly and personally, regardless of what channel, whether that individual uh, is online, whether they are in store, whether it's via email, whether it's using a mobile device. I think that is really where we're headed. And being able to employ that kind of automation technology is going to put an immense amount of really great productive horsepower in the hands of marketing professionals so that they can literally manage this kind of very personal experience. Because we read a lot today about the difference between, again, brands that stand out and those that don't. It's how they manage the customer experience, not just through the buying process, but also through the the business keeping, the customer service process. All of that goes, again, to underscore what I said earlier. I think we're redefining modern era customer relationship management, and it does come down to this, this ability to automate the sales process, obviously, where buying occurs, the customer service process, and, of course, marketing, which ties everything together. That's the new three-legged stool of next-gen CRM, and I think 2014 will be the year of marketing automation. Joel, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Turning now to the What's Cool segment, and in the What's Cool segment, last week, the uh, first meeting of the Indie Developer Meetup occurred. Uh, It was a really great meeting at Giacomo's Pizza. Great time to get together with uh, some of the people inside Exact Target, as well as external uh, developers as well. Great chance to meet them. Looks like a small group. We're going to start moving forward. Uh, their next meeting is going to be featuring AMP scripts. Kelly Andrews will be talking about that. So look for that as it moves forward uh, in the month of uh, March. The second cool piece is a piece that came from uh, Jeff Rohr's new book, Chapter 7, The Audience, Marketing in the Age of Subscribers, Fans, and Followers. And uh, that quote is, the only way to remain relevant as a marketer is to never stop learning. Focus on what delivers results and what is lasting. The only way I would change this, Jeff, is I would just remove the words marketer in there and you can just insert any profession that you want. Thanks for listening to the sixth edition of the Exact Target Developer Podcast. I'm Roger Brinkley. And send your feedback to podcast at exacttarget.com.